Welcome back to the Life in the Fast Lane podcast. I am Nick Carlson, your host and your CEO of Dawson Manufacturing, and I am with my co-host, Mr. Kyle Parks, my CTO, the Chief Talking Officer. How is my badass friend Kyle Parks today? I'm so glad we went with CTO and not co-host. Oh, I like it so much more. I forgot to tell you. Uh oh. You have a gift coming. <gasps> it's is it what I think it is. It's done. It's done. So we'll we'll post about it here in a couple of days once it comes in. I think it'll ship today. That's awesome. It's all custom. I love it. It's awesome. So on top of that, um, this custom gift that uh, is a is a secret. I mean, Kyle's guessing. I haven't officially told you what it is. So no. If it's what I think it is, I think I know. Give it a guess. A plaque. Nope. Oh, so you don't know. Damn it. It is going to be a surprise. I can't wait. I like Um, it. I like it, Mr. George. But along the lines of this, it is, uh, I've also got our logo, the Life in the Fast Lane actual logo um, is being like worked on on Fiverr. Oh, cool. It was 40 bucks. They're going to make like 10 or 15 different variations of it. So like flipping colors and borders and some are going to have like like an orange like fog behind in the background. Some aren't. Um, so we can use them for like laser files and, and all kinds of cool yeah. stuff. Um, the problem is the sign for here for this for the studio. I had a, a quote made or a quote. Uh, I had a, I got a quote yesterday. I'm gonna make it like acrylic. Yeah, and then we're gonna put like orange LED lighting. Well, it'll be you could change it, but it'll be orange in the background of it. And um, seven hundred and fifty dollars for this, this woman. I'm like, you are on crack, lady. So I'm going to I'm I'm going to try to have uh, one of our vendors make it uh, like the pieces of it, yeah, and then I'll patch it together, glue it together, and and make it all make it happen. Custom. It'll be custom. It'll be sweet. So it'll be a lot of fun. So your gift is kind of along those lines. Now, I didn't get myself one. Oh. And there's a reason, and you already know the reason, but you don't know what it is, so you'll find this out. We actually already talked about it. I think you forgot. Anyway. I don't think I forgot. I think I'm just curious because there's so many things that we've talked about. So I know. It we, doesn't help. That's Yeah, that doesn't help. The amount of conversations we have. Anyway, guys, welcome back to this podcast and the fast the Life in the Fast Lane podcast. And bear with us. We are both battling slight head colds, but we are making it happen for you guys. So Damn kids. I know. Those kids, man, they are German I don't even factories. think it was her this time. I think it was me. I think it was the Atlantic City part. Oh, that's true. You I did. Think it, I think that's what's got me. Yeah, well, that's what happens. You know, you, I don't know if you realize, you ever heard of a trade show flu? I have. Have you? So a lot of times after the trade shows, like, we all get deathly sick after trade Although shows. Although this year it was like before and within, so oh we were part God, of it. it dude, was... I was so sick leading up to it. I'm still fighting. Dude, we're two, two and a half months into my sickness. Yeah. I cannot kick it. My whole family can't kick it. In the beginning, you had it pretty good. Dude, it, it kicked my hiney, and I still didn't miss a day at work, still did that trade show in Tennessee, still flew, still got – man, it was rough. I've I, only missed – what was it? It was two weeks of work because I was literally lying on the couch feeling like I was going to die. Oh, no. That was me in Tennessee. Yeah. I, I, I was in a silo. <laughs> <laughs> it was an Airbnb silo. Um, and I'm literally laying in this bed. And I'm like, I am I am throwing up everywhere. I, I can't climb down out of this loft. I'm, I'm, I, I have no strength. It was, wow, it was the worst. Yeah. But, as soon as I, like, stood up, I would get, I would get very lightheaded and then – I wasn't sick to my stomach. It was just more or less my body. I had no strength, and the chills and fever I fought. Mm-hmm. It was between hot and cold, and it was yeah. it was a consistent flip. And it was in it was a split second. Yeah. I was hot, and then a split second later, I was cold. Yeah, you're freezing, can't get the blankets on. And, and 
I literally was curled up in a comforter, three blankets. I had a sweatshirt on. Yeah. And then next thing you know, I was sweating. I had to take everything off. I yeah. like just drenched swimming in it. That's awful. It was horrible. Well, anyway, guys, thanks for listening in with the Life in the Fast Lane and Kyle and I's crazy conversations, how we always get these podcasts started. There's there's always some kind of conversation. Have a story. Yeah, we're always puking stories we have so much that goes on around here in our lives and we're hoping you guys have an you guys are having an awesome day um kyle what are we going to get into today well you said something the other day how you like competition (laughs) yeah competition um so this this competition conversation is is near and dear to my heart let me guess it comes from race yeah shocker (laughs) so it is it is something that i think a lot of people um, they 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 kind of get away from they they're kind of afraid of it yeah and in competition there's always something to learn and gain and what I what I have kind of put together is there's two different types of competitions to me there is the team competition and then there's the singular competition yeah in racing when once the car is adjusted and the tires are inflated to the proper air, air pressures and the engine's tuned and the body's put on and all that and you hit the racetrack, there's nobody else that can help drive that car. Yep. That, it's on you. Now, is it a team sport? Yeah, there's a team behind you and there's people that help that car get on the racetrack and those people are vital. But a race car driver is, and it can, it can be any series. It can be local series. It can be the big boys. They go through so much mental fortitude and so much preparation physically and mentally in the amount of studying they do, in the amount of simulations they do, and and getting ready to perform. What you don't understand about racing, if you're not into it, is you've got to imagine going as fast as your street car can go. You are closer than you park to each other in a Walmart parking lot at the, the highest rate that car can go while somebody is touching your rear bumper, literally bumping you, and then at the same time on the racetrack, you've got to hit the exact same points on the racetrack, meaning the line, the direction you go, the turn, within like an inch every single lap. Yeah, a way to kind of compare it is like people my age, I know, grew up playing like the racing games and they have like the the drawn out line within the the track mm-hmm. and it's just arrows it's showing you where the best line is and if you're going too fast it's like red so you have to slow down and then it comes to green and green's good you just go faster and yada yada yeah so that's just kind of one thing to think about is like think about that in your head every time going around a racetrack mm-hmm. and you just you have to nail it every time every time and, and the way that translates over into life guys is you know you're not going to get life perfect trust me you mean race cars i've read Kyle? enough I, I couldn't tell you it is i still like the hundreds. air in the back or in the air backwards shifting gear story. <laughs> so real quick on that story, guys, I was at a racetrack called Summit Point out in West Virginia, and I had to qualify for my SCCA license and uh, and my IMSA license, and it, I had to do it in the rain, and it was like 40 degrees outside. It was freezing. <laughs> no traction, no traction, no traction, and no traction. <laughs> yes, it was awful. So we go down the straightaway. It's a one-mile straightaway, and I'm banging gears, and I'm bouncing that car off a of rev limiter. All the way down. This So when it's dry, I can get to like 160 mile an hour on this, on this straightaway, and we would bump draft going yeah. down the straightaway. And then you get down to turn one, which is a hairpin right-hand turn, all the way down to first gear. You're doing like 10 miles an hour. So it's, you know, you're blasting on that straightaway, and then you go bah, 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 all the way down in the corner, and you and you finally get there, and you turn right, and you go up this hill, and there's a few more turns. Well, once you 
go back in like the chicane area back there there's this hard left hand turn and then like loops around and, and, and kind of comes back so if you miss this left hand turn it's all grass in and there's some drains and stuff down there and then it's the racetrack again and so I went to make this left-hand turn, and I was coming in a little too hot. You didn't go left. No, I didn't go left at all. So I, what I ended up doing was I I spun the car. I, so I turned the front end to the left, which took the rear end to the right. The car went backwards, and the turns are banked. But when, when they're banked, if there's no guardrail, typically there's like a drop-off. So it just basically created a ramp. Yeah. Because I didn't know the turn was coming because I didn't know the racetrack at all. And so the ass end of the car goes over this ramp, and I'm probably five, six feet in the air, and I'm just foot to the floor, banging the gears, downshifting, trying to get the car to slow down, not realizing how far off the ground I am. I land the car kind of on the right rear, and it slides across the, the grass and mud because it's pouring down rain, and there is grass and mud all over the car, all inside the cockpit, and the car ends up spinning around, and I kind of end up in the racetrack on the other side, grass and dirt all over the racetrack, I grabbed, you know, whatever it was, second gear at, the, at that time because of the speed I was going, and then here I go again. And I go around the racetrack, and I come back, and I'm, um, you know, in a different position behind cars where I wasn't supposed to be. And my father's like, where is he? Oh, there he is. Why is the car brown? Yeah. Why is it covered in grass and dirt and mud? It's just awful. And um, so I do this a few more times, and the car's not hurt. And uh, I end up qualifying for my SCCA license and all that. And I get out of the car and all my racing buddies, especially this one guy named Mike Bryant, he was laughing his face off. He's like, dude, you are an absolute nutcase because you're just banging the rev limiter on every corner of the track. He's like, calm down. I said, you don't have to qualify for your license. You've already done it. Yeah. I'm new to this. So that was that was this whole story of, of me, you know, banging gears in the air driving it trying to get the thing back on the ground i don't know maybe i thought i was a pilot for a split second <laughs> but you know anyway kind of going back to the competition that's that 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 kind of proves my point like you have to you're competing a bit against yourself at that point yeah and most of the time you always are yeah like you're not okay here here's where i think people go wrong they will badmouth other people to try to make themselves look better. Yes. I see that you happen. see that a lot in sales pitches, too. I see that a lot. A lot of people will will um, just, they'll down talk another product. And in reality, there's two ways of doing it. There is down talking the product or there's informing the customer base that this is what we know, learn, we've tested, we understand it. And here's the repercussions that you're going to face. That's the approach we take. Yeah. Like if you... If you want to talk to us about what I'm doing, air quotations, guys, the competition, um, I'd be more than happy to sit down and talk to you about it. There, there, there's nothing to hide. Uh, I've tested all the different theories. I've literally put my hands on all the other equipment, and I've run them, and I know where their flaws are. And I have the ability with our, our facility, our tools, our vendors, our engineering team to basically engineer whatever you want. Yeah. Like if Multimate needed to be – 10 foot tall i can make it 10 foot tall it, there's no limitation to what i can do um really the limitation is is application what is what does that look like so um to kind of keep this podcast on the rails here with the whole competition deal um you know understanding and knowing your competition is very key uh i'll give you a good for instance um toro toro came out with the uh the mulch force a year after we developed and released cartmate pro and you know, people tell me they're like, "Oh, that was in the works for years," and blah blah blah. That may be true, but they didn't release it till after Cartmate Pro. Yeah. And the the reason, and I already talked to some executives about this. The reason they did was they were like, "Hey, that's a great idea," 
we can apply that to our one single mower that we already have and create more value in that one um, that platform. Perfect. Yeah, and try getting people to that point to want that one. That is absolutely a brilliant idea. And I, I, all I ever thought when that thing came out was good. Good because A, it's more expensive than mine. B, it doesn't fit all the mowers like mine does, like the Cartmate Pro does. Um, and C, you just validated the biggest, the biggest brand in our industry just copied my idea and said it was a good idea and we're going to, you know, we're going to do the same thing. I was good for it. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Go have at it, boys. Um, now, a lot of people are like, oh, it's better. And and in ways, there's one way it's better. It's better in the sense that it can dump with a press of a button. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? That Well, that means low flow, low flow hydraulic pump. There's more things to break. There's more weight. Um, the unit has to sit taller, higher up in the air because of how it's positioned on the mower and all that. And one of the th- issues they're running into is they're snapping off the front casters yep. because the mower was never intended to have that vertical down pressure on it. And so that is – those are the facts. I'm not downplaying. I am just told you that it's a good idea. Um, I'm glad that they copied us because it legitimized what Cartmate Pro was. Um, and then kind of the flip side of that was the Cartmate RS. A lot of people were like, oh, it's too expensive. Well, if you think Cartmate Pro is too expensive, the mulch force is way more expensive. Yeah. And it only fits on that one mower. So that one mower, by the time you buy the mower, buy the attachment, buy the pumps, you're twenty plus thousand dollars into it. Yeah, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head now. It's a lot. Like I just had this conversation with somebody a few days ago and they're like, Yeah, dude, I've got thirty five grand wrapped up in all my mulch forces. Like yeah. in each one. That's a lot of cash for There's a, a lawnmower. Um but they plow with them. They they have blowers, they have the mulch force, they've got all kinds of stuff for them. And good for them. It's great. It's awesome. Nice design. The issue I had with them, because I owned them. Again, I'm talking from experience here. My, these are my credentials. The The problem with it is, is that swapping it over and getting the mower prepared for wintertime or mulch force or all that takes time. Where with the Cartmate, it's simply pull a pin, pull it off. Pull a pin, put it on. It, what does it take you, Kyle? 10 seconds? If that. Right. And when you're done with it, it like the mulch force is this big thing that has to take up all this room where like a Cartmate Pro, you fold the wheels in you, and you stand it straight up. It's a it, great storage area. That yeah, it and it goes right what, up against the wall. Maybe five square feet? No, I mean, it's it's like 18 inches, I think, in depth and 35 inches in width. Yeah, so and it's about around, six foot tall. Yeah, around five, five square foot on the floor total. Yeah, maybe. Like 10, 10 square feet is, uh, what is that? Two and a half by two and a half, whatever the math is. Gosh, I can't even do the math. Two by five. Something like that. It's not much. Yeah. It's teeny tiny. I mean, it's it's less than this chair I'm sitting in. So anyway, it's half, literally half of this chair. Yeah. Um, so going back to, you know, competition, credentials, all that kind of stuff, it is it is imperative that you embrace the competition in your area or the competition um, in your family or the competition in yourself you know, or your friends are, are trying. I had a really good friend of mine, unfortunately passed away. I was trying to help him level up his life. He was struggling with, you know, he was trying to work for his dad and help his dad and his company. But ultimately after watching him from his 10 years struggle, you know, he wasn't getting paychecks. He would get one paycheck a month. It was like two grand. And that was it. I'm like, dude, you can do so much better for yourself. And he wanted to help his dad. And there's a, you know, I really understand that. Uh, and 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 get trying to help your family, but at some point, you can do your family so much better if you left and went and made ten times more money. Yeah, really. I mean, it, it would be, be mentally better for you. It'd be mentally better for them. They know their son is doing better. Yada yada. Um, 
So I was trying to to push him to that, and he just ultimately couldn't handle it, and you know that's where that ended. Um, but getting back to you know the competition, um, it's there to help you grow. It's there to help you um, get better. The haters online, they're there, even though it's annoying. They're honestly they're they're there to to keep you honest, to keep pushing you forward, to push your own envelope, and that's what it's all about. Um, I know when it comes to competition, it can be uncomfortable. It can be um, man, it can be frustrating. It really can be. Um, you you need to grab it, embrace it, and 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 run with it. I'm trying to think of more competition out there. So sometimes competition doesn't even come in the form of like a competitor, but but like a problem. Like yeah. you're you're causing me a complication, which is challenging me, which then is going to make me, you know, get better. And and when things stay stagnant, they they go bad. Right. And competition really makes you get better. Like, okay, I'm gonna go back into racing again. But you know, we we operate in thousands of a second. So tenth a tenth of a second to us is a lot of time. A thousandth of a second is typically in inches, probably if I beat somebody by one thousandth of a second, it's like six inches. But over time, if I beat you by a thousandth of a second, take say I do that three hundred and sixty five days. You know, that's a one year. Say I'm one thousandth of a percent better than you for one year. If you and, and that equals six inches, right? Well, if you do the math, I don't have my phone on me right now, but if you do the math, that's six inches. Do you have your phone on you? Yeah. Grab your phone. Let's this will be interesting. So pull up a calculator. Do three hundred and sixty five times six. That's gonna be like a little over two thousand. Uh, times six. Yeah. yeah. I did divide it by whoops. Uh twenty one ninety. So it's twenty one hundred and ninety inches. Yeah. Which is um a quarter mile is thirteen hundred and twenty. It's hundred and eighty two. So you literally I would be at least thirty five ish percent further ahead than you. Yeah. If we were in that kind of competition. I'm gonna take thirty thirty five percent in a year. If I get thirty five percent better in a year, that is astronomical. If you go invest your money in the stock market and you got five percent, that's like amazing right now we're not seeing that right so if you could if you could just be that that one thousandth of a percent better each day you're gonna be 35 percent better in a year i'm taking the i'm taking those odds yeah for real same right wouldn't you oh my well, god it's kind of what i'm doing with some of my money right now is trying to move it around so i'm making more because the high yield savings that i am in is like five percent right now that's what i'm in five, yeah. i get five i get 5.01 yeah it's amazing it's great. I mean, it's great. Right now, I'm not seeing that in the market. So, um, don't let that money die. No. You know, use it. Let it. Let it cycle. Put it It'd to be work. A fun podcast, just talking about like theories on finance and shoot. That might even theories. Be I'm not going to say actual things to, for people to do. This is just what we do. You know, who might be really good on that one is Jamie. Jamie knows probably even more than I do about that world. Yeah. Um. He he studies it. He watches a lot of you know, content on finance. I've gotten out of it. I want to get back into it. Yeah, you can only consume so much. You know? Listen to the money guy on YouTube. Money guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. They don't, they're not necessarily like full Dave Ramsey, but they've got some really good theories that mm -hmm. I think apply more to how I want to live life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're pretty good. Nice. So getting back to competition and how it's amazing. Don't ever, 
don't ever push away from it. So earlier in this podcast, I was talking about there for me. There's two different types of like competition, like sports. There's there's team sports, and then there's like individual sports, which is your racing, racing, and my golf. You know, golf and racing for me are like the two, and those are flat out like I have to be in full control. And we'll use golf for instance. So I don't know how many of you guys listening play golf, but basically, you know, you know the basics. We all know the basics. Little white ball, and you swing club at it. Now, when you're swinging the club. There are so many different directions. Like when you pull the club back, it could be up, it could be back, it could be over, it could be open, it could be closed. How your fingers are held, how your palms are twisted one way or another. Yeah, you can chip the ball, you can, oh my yeah. Gosh, dude, there's so much to it. And in life, you know, you've got to be very mindful of, God, golf's a great for instance here. you got to be mindful of what it is you're trying to accomplish. So let's say you're... Say you're, you know, start with golf. You're trying to drive the ball. It's the first shot of the hole, and you're trying to drive it as far as you can. You need to grab the biggest club you got. You need to line up, and you need to swing the crap out of the club and get the ball to go as far as it can go. Now, there's a uh, really you shouldn't swing the crap out of the club. You should swing smoothly, and you should you know do it the proper way. We're not going to get into that just just now, but knowing what the next move you want to make is super important and then being able to choose the right club which means choosing the right approach yeah so take for instance say you're say you're going home to your old lady and she's upset and you know she's upset maybe she's not upset with you but you're probably going to choose a little bit lighter club going home than you would normally yeah because she's not in that right state of mind so knowing having that wherewithal is super important when it comes to competition when it comes to you know grasping what is what it is you're about to encounter you know what i mean yeah so, um, when it comes to when it comes to, I always seem to go back to business because that's I'm a I'm a very business. This is where your brain's at. It's just who I am, right? And my whole life has always been about business. Um, which, by the way, guys, if you don't know anything about our our Carlson Coaching Program, check it out. Check it out. Uh, I'll be happy to jump on the phone with you. Uh, link down below, and uh, you can buy some some of my time, and I'll be absolutely uh, able to help you grow your life, your business, help it help you balance it probably give you a better a different perspective on certain things um there hasn't been a scenario where i haven't been able to help somebody and help them grow just with you know my almost 30 years of experience going from absolutely nothing and growing into an eight-figure business and beyond That's and another one yeah we're doing it again so um i'm That's here the to, thing to be said is it's it's not just one company it's Mm-mm. two multi multi multi-million dollar yeah. companies um it's and not only did i grow one but then i was able to sell it yeah that's something a lot of people can't say. That, oh, that's what we need to do. How to build a sellable company. That's a good one. That's that a really a good, good one. one. Aha! Da, 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 there you go. That's why you have me on the show, man. That's right. No, for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, growing that business, selling it, you know, for seven figures, uh, and then transitioning into another one, and then growing that one within four years to an eight-figure business, um, those are some some heavy-hitting credentials. Uh, I'm not Yeah, s- and this ship's not stopping. No, not at all. And and the cool thing is, is I'm not tired. Where like when I grew the first business and it was only in seven figure you know business, I got tired. Yeah. There's something to be said there. There's a lot of lessons to be learned. There's a lot of um you know, just a lot of good good juicy stuff that I, I I'm willing to offer people. Um and literally all I'm asking for is to respect my time by, you know, offering that donation. That's it. Just here trying to trying to help you guys. Um, I do give away all this information for free here on the podcast as well. Ta-da. The difference is 
It's um, a lot more focused. It's tailored to you. Yeah. Right. And so I'm going to be able to dive in and answer your direct questions and you don't have to listen to a hundred different podcasts to very to much a, a no difference. BS approach. Very no BS approach. I'm going to cuss at you. I am going to get very real with you. That's and always I, fun. Yeah. Well, did I do it to you? I think so. You did it to Chloe. I do. <laughs> do you want to tell that story? We can real quick. Tell that story really good. That's a really good one. I enjoyed that one. All right. So, what was it? Nineteen or twenty? I think it was nineteen. Uh, Chloe and I. Chloe's my wife. She was my fiance then. Um, we came over just to kind of chat with Nick about a couple of things, and um, she was kind of down in life with working at Golden Corral, which is, I, I guess, it's a national chain of restaurant I, I can't remember but she's been working there for multiple years and she wasn't happy with it and nick was like look buck up get a say what i said i don't remember exactly what you said quit being a pussy yeah that oh yeah i <laughs> forgot about that one <laughs> i was too focused on making sure that she wasn't gonna like slap you at that point so you remember more of the i'm protected she's yeah. not gonna do that she'll do it to you oh yeah she needed a good she needed her chain jerked hard. Yeah, so she ended up getting a job with Aluma Systems, and she's there now. And uh, she's really made a good position for herself. She's you know the head operations coordinator there, and doing oh. really good. And she's got a job offer somewhere else now, which I'm not going to say. But right. you know who all is going to listen from that company? You and here uh, at the moment. And who helped her get that job? Me. You. Right. So like I'm here to help you guys. Yeah. So you know Chloe. So. She's a firecracker to say the least. My my side of this, right? Can yeah. I do that one? Yeah, go so ahead. so I come in. Kyle Kyle calls me. He's like, "Hey man, I'm I'm gonna come by and have some lunch with you guys. Great, perfect, sounds great." And this this was a regular occurrence, probably once a month. Yeah, roughly, roughly. And I had no idea she was coming. Truth be told, I had no idea she worked at Golden Crown until this very moment. I had no idea she worked at Golden Crown. I thought yep. she was working for you and doing like a sticker or t-shirt business or something is on the she, side is she kind of so she would work with me during the week and then the weekend she would do the golden corral but this was at the time where like she would wake up at like 10 o'clock she wasn't feeling a purpose in life and get it. all that so she just she didn't know what she didn't know and she didn't know where to go she didn't have a vision she wasn't painting something so in that moment that is the worst place to be and the worst thing you can do is do nothing yeah and that is something i watch in the landscape industry in particular because that's the industry we're in is these guys they they see like the stuff we offer and they're like oh my god it costs so much yeah, but but it really doesn't that 19 year old kid yesterday you, he bought a second mulch mate last week yeah i had no idea crazy. i had no idea this was happening um but he he his response to it was it is so much cheaper than than hiring somebody i'm like yeah duh. a lot it's a way cheaper so <clears throat> so you know getting back into chloe and this goes back to you know competition and not only you know with someone else but with yourself i challenged her and i said quit being a pussy you're a grown-ass woman how old was she at the time 22 i yes 22 23 like dude it, it, at that point in time quit the party and quit the screwing off i don't know if she was doing any of those things but I, I didn't know exactly what she was doing but i could tell she was unhappy and it was time for her to make a change and i felt being that i was outside of y'all's box she needed to get away from you. She needed to have her own thing going on so yeah. she could be feel more complete. And she right? does. She, I mean, she's made a 180 since then, and it's, it's great. been a great thing for her. So I was able to, to sit down with her in front of you, and I was like, quit it. Stop being a sissy. You need to, you need to stop with this boo-hooing of yourself. You need to challenge yourself. 
And she's like, well, I don't even know how to interview. I'm like, I'll tell you how to interview. This is what you do. This is how you talk. This is what you know, how you're going to handle it. Da, 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 da. At this point in time, I had no idea that I was going to be able to propose this this opportunity um, that this this position she ended yeah. up getting. I had no idea. Because it, it was with your yet. neighbor. Yeah, well, I was just kind of BS with my neighbor one day over the fence. I was like, hey, man, you know anybody that's you know, hiring? He's like, oh, yeah, this position. Blah, blah, blah. I pass the information to, to you guys. And, you know, ultimately – she had to challenge herself, wake up, get dressed, go do the interview, and get it done. So I have nothing to do with that. She does, um, which she took it, and she ran with it, and that's that's awesome. So um, she's doing great. She, you know, of course, do we all love our jobs? Some days, yes. Yeah, some days, no. Yeah, because she, we were just on the phone before this, and she's having some trouble there now. So Shocker. She'll get through it. it. It's the way it goes. Yeah. It's just know that those bumps are in the road. And, and in competition with you and your life, it's it's going to happen. It's going to absolutely happen. Um, She'll get through it. I know she will. I'll help her through it. Good. Good. We came up with a good plan yesterday, which I hope she attacks today. Good. Yes. Get it done. Get it done today. Um, But to kind of keep this, this, you know, competition um, conversation on the rails, um, it is is imperative for people, um, for you guys to to embrace it. Um, I'll give you, for instance, um, there have been plenty of people – in in my life that we're doing landscaping back in the day and here's where i made a mistake and that's why this podcast is great because i made a lot of mistakes um i yeah so i was able i was not able to have any kind of relationships with any kind of other landscapers when i was a landscaper yeah and that's because i looked at them as negative competition weren't you also like mr like big time joe contractor too is like you not to say like your ego got the best of you, but you were very much introverted and like you know nobody comes into my space. This is my space. For so it was really bad when I was late teens, early twenties. I was I was dickhead contractor. Yeah, like I, I literally was an ass. And then I realized, okay, hold on, you can't do that. Now I also would stay away from my competition. I wouldn't talk to them. I wouldn't interact with them. I wouldn't um, I wouldn't wave to them. I, I wave to everybody. Yeah, no, I know you do. You're that guy. Um, and you learned it. That's a learned skill, right? Eh, kind of. It's a, oh, it's a boating thing. That's why. Oh, that makes Every sense. Every time you pass somebody on the boat, you always wave. Why do they do that? I don't know. It's like waving to every single car you drive by. It's just like a common courtesy thing. It's just what we've done. Hmm. So, like, somebody's, like, if we're out um, out at a raft up or something, and somebody, like, you know, kind of comes swinging close to you, just give them a nice head wave and, like, hey, how you doing? Hmm. Interesting. Okay. You know, you mind your space, I'll mind mine, and if you want to raft up, come on over. I, I went on a boat with, with my buddy one time, and this dude fought everybody that went by. I'm like, why don't we throw beers at people? Like, that's not, that's not, this is not a competition out here. We're trying to fish and get some rockfish, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Although, a <laughs> sailboaters went fishing. I'm sorry if you're a sailboater. I've definitely cussed one or two out for <laughs> something at the boat. Yeah, that's like bikers. Because you're like, dude, you literally just tripped my long line. I mean, the long lines are typically out 300 plus feet. Mm-hmm. And they just, all you hear is, you're like, ah, oh, great. That's, hit, get the knife, click. Really? Yep. Wow. Because it catches terrible. the keel. The keels sit down much further on sailboats. So they're mm-hmm. drawing six plus feet. Mm-hmm. So if the long, typically long lines are only about three, four feet under, they're not, far down because there's not a lot of weight on them because that's going to suck to really how would they know they're there i mean they might not but we're like dude hello waving for you know at least a mile saying like please watch out for that huh interesting i wonder if there's something we can invent for that <laughs> a flag that like hung out there or something that you could like hang on the line i mean you can i mean we have out or 
now there's planer boards instead of I've outriggers. Built plan- I've built planer boards. Yeah, those are nice. Mm-hmm. Always yeah. do not make them white if you're listening and you're in the Chesapeake Bay. You make them white, they blend it with white caps. Oh, you can't true. see them. That's true. Make them orange or like um, even safety green makes them hard to see. I painted mine white. Not mine, my buddies. I hate you. <laughs> I don't know why he chose white. He, that was on him. I didn't paint them. I just built them. I will say, though, that it kind of does dive into, like, some of the competition stuff. It's like when you're out there for tournaments and you're trying to, like, if you see a pot of fish or there's birds going, if you can get a good beeline into there, you are fighting at least 100 guys. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because, okay, fish are big pods. When you're traveling through it, I mean, oh, rockfish, not always, but if you're going through those pools and the pods, if you get a good line through that and other guys see you or if they see you even reeling a fish, you'll see, like, 100 guys right around you. That makes a lot of sense. It's crazy. I, I don't fish, so I wouldn't know that, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because yeah. we used to do MSSA tournaments, and that's 10-plus thousand people that would sign up for it. Wow. So we would go down to Solomon's Island, and that's where we would fish normally. Solomon's Island, or if it was windier, we would do it um, uh, just north of the bridge. There's a hole we call Winter's Hole. And anytime we would pick up a fish, there would be nobody around you, but by the time you had reeled in the fish and you had gotten around to do another loop, there's... 10, 15 people in that spot. <laughs> You're like, where did you come from? I didn't see you for a mile. Yeah. Uh, would they have binoculars? Uh, you could, but why are you going to sit out there with binoculars? You can't see where you're going. You're uh-huh. too focused on one spot that's a mile and a half away. By that point, you ran through a pot. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. <laughs> we have caught our outboards on the, um, the marker channel buoys. We've done that one time. That's a good ding. Is it? Yeah. That's funny. No, I've never, I have like, no boating experience at all. I have fishing stories for days. Do you? I got a fun one that we can get into on another podcast. That that's my my neighbor's favorite story okay. in life. All right, that makes sense. Well, guys, getting kind of getting this thing back on the rails and and you know focus on on the um, the competition. You know, competition is really there to make us all better. It really is. So you know, look at look at the United States and and getting away from Britain. Right, that's not necessarily a competition, but it it it. it it causes you to to be better when you're in a situation that you don't like. So again, go back to racing. I don't want somebody on my bumper. Yeah. Now, you know, if someone beats you, let's let's say it's a it's a contract and you don't get it. There is a lesson and a reason why you didn't get it. Yeah, there's multiple factors. And it's Tons. not always just price. That's something that a lot of people need to consider. Is it's not just price. I, I couldn't tell you how many times that I won, you know, bids on on, you know, huge HOAs or something like that, and they never even looked at the price. Talk about, I don't know if it was BNI or not, but you had said there was a, a story where you had gotten to a place that you were going to meet an HOA or something. You got there like an hour early. Mm-hmm. You had written down all the notes and you were doing all sorts of stuff before they came in and they were like, we're going with you because you came in and shared the initiative beforehand. Yeah, for sure. So so this HOA was out of Crofton and um, they were they had a very large property. It was really, really nice. Yeah. And to kind of the the precursor to all this was I had started really pushing my way into property management companies. And the way I had done it was I was basically telling people, Hey, these property managers, I know you go through a lot. People love to be recognized. Yeah. So I would tell them, Hey, I know you go through a lot. You're constantly being bombarded with problems all day long. No one calls you to be like, Hey, how's it going? Hey, this is, you know, my property's perfect. They never say anything when things are good. They only say things when things are bad. And so I started kind of making jokes to these the it was all women in this one particular company that that this all kind of pertains to and i had find out found out that this this manager 
was just getting really frustrated with all their landscapers and landscapers inherently just at least around here they don't know what they're doing yeah they don't and like they would their their voicemail boxes were full or they wouldn't respond to emails or they they didn't know how to put a proposal together properly and lay it out in an understandable way they would just go yep it's gonna be five thousand dollars and it was just not professional at all so i had i had kind of picked up on all these problems and and this this woman she had taught me how to be proactive and so i had been pushing her and pushing her pushing her like hey you know i'll make your life easier if you just put me in front of these people i'll take care of the rest and so that's what i did and so i'd gotten a hold of this hoa and they had sent over their request for for a bid and the uh, the what i always did was i'd always go in and try to find out who the board was the, the, the actual property manager wasn't the one that made the decision, but they were the ones that would offer the, the, the trusted contractors. So there's like two things. You have to, you have to get in and be a trusted contractor, and then you have to get in with the board, and you have to go, hey, how are you? You know, this is who I am. This is the company, da 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 and make them feel comfortable. So here's, here's how all that went down. I had gotten a hold of all the, the board, not email, phone calls, and then I said, hey, let's meet at a Panera Bread. I'm going to say it was about 9 o'clock, let's say. And um, let's call it a Tuesday. I don't remember exactly what day it was, but it was definitely during the week. And uh, I said, you know, meet us there at 9 o'clock, and we'll we'll go through all your, your wants, your do's, your don'ts, you know, all the nitty-gritty stuff. And so I always like to show up 30 minutes early. And I've dropped my little Ford Focus over there, you know, my little, my little gay little Focus. And that thing was just, gosh, I felt weird in that little car. But it, it did the job. It, it was really nice. Um, I loved it to be honest with you, but everybody thought I was like this 150,000 pound. It is a bit of a stigma when you get out and you're that big Mm -hmm. and the car's that small. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I get it. Um, it's like JD in the Prius. I don't like that. That, That's hilarious. Weird. It's so weird. So anyway, I get out of the car, I go into Panera bread. I walk in, I've got my binder. I've got all my, um, examples, all my businessy stuff. The contract's already filled out. Like I had to make my own, um, which I already had templates and stuff made, um, which, by the way, if you guys want to check out the Carlson Coaching Program, I'm more than happy to share my uh, my old employee handbook, my contracts, all that kind of stuff. I'm willing to offer that to you through our, my coaching program. And there's a lot in the handbook. I've seen it. Like yeah. It goes into really good detail. It's almost 40 pages long. Yeah, it's, I do remember that. It's big. Um, so that is up for purchase if you'd like to see it. I, I'd be more than happy to, to sell you that data and that information. Um, I worked years on it. I had lots of lawyers and time and all that into it. So anyway we go inside i go inside and i pick this really nice comfortable area over by the by the the window because sunshine tends to make people happy i didn't bury myself in the corner when you first came in i was right in sight as soon as you walk through the door so what that does that basically shows people i'm not scared i'm confident um and and i'm trying to make your life easy so i don't know what this gentleman's gonna look like i know his name is greg and i watch him walk through the door he's wearing a blue shirt like a pullover and um, a little logo on it. I don't know, it was a Ralph Lauren logo. I don't know what it was. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And um, I stand up. I'm like, Greg. And he's like, hey, hey, Nick, how's it going? So he comes over, and he showed up like 25 minutes early. I'd only been there for like five minutes. And um, sat down, shook his hand. You never shake a man's hand sitting down, ever. Um, I had already had water and stuff on the table for everybody. And I had my books laid out. And um, we started talking. So... What I had chosen to do was I had chosen to take the real Nick approach. I was no longer going to be salesy. I was just going to be me. Yeah. And 
being me create your trust create my trust create comfort and being me would always would ultimately always lead to the sale but the sale never felt like a sale when you take this approach it just feels like a request for services and the opportunity to get them done that's what it felt like and so greg and i sat there and talked for a solid 20 minutes about all kinds of stuff life hobbies business community he wanted to move his mother just died whatever the case may was i don't know if his mother died but just all kinds of stuff and so what it ended up happening was we had gotten so deep into conversation that we had kind of lost track of time and then people started to show up and i want to say there was probably six other people that were, were coming there was like eight of us total and um everybody showed up two minutes three minutes of nine which was nine o'clock was our appointment time and um greg basically stands up and goes guys really appreciate y'all taking the time to come and you know i, I love seeing all y'all and we can get some food but i just want to let y'all know that we're going to go with nick and everybody's like well why and he goes he's already shown me the inner depths of his company who he is you know where he lives what he does you know day in and day out and i trust him and he's already gotten the approval from the property manager i've already gotten a chance to understand him and know him better this is done we're done and the day that i sold my landscape company i still had that contract yeah and not to say there wasn't bumps in the road and there was learning curves to it all which in competition you're going to have a lot of learning and, and that's how you get better at you know competing use it as that ability to find your next self yeah and and uh and, and when we were done i remember we left i shook everybody's hand said thank you and i left and i remember buzzing across so that was at wall chapel in crofton yeah uh i buzzed across three route three in my little focus and i called my old man because my old man's like my sounding board my life coach and he's, not, he's not my life coach but he's like a life coach i have a life coach his name is bill um and uh I, I called him and I was like, you wouldn't believe it. It was freaking awesome. Oh my God. You know, it went great. I got the contract. And it was like the first big, big contract. Yeah. And I did it my way. I didn't do it th the traditional way. Or by somebody else's theories and stuff right. like that. Right. And, and you built it so that it was custom to you. Yeah. And it wasn't like by luck. Like at that point in time, I had had a couple contracts that I lucked into. Uh, maybe it wasn't luck. Maybe I underbid them. Like truly, honestly, you want me to be yeah. truthful? Maybe. Um, I don't know the case. I know the very first one I ever got, I got it because I was doing a good job. I was doing a 7-Eleven um, uh, plaza. It was like a 7-Eleven, a dry cleaner, a liquor store, something else was in there, like a computer store or something. And I'd done all the landscaping out there. I was on my hands and knees, and this, this guy named Tom had pulled up behind me. And he's like, hey, man, I've been watching you take care of this property the last two years. Um, I'm the president of this big community back here. You know, it's condos, townhomes. Uh, I want you to come back and give me a bid on it. And uh, I went back with Tom, took a look at it, and that was that was pff, August. It was hot. I mean, I was sweating my tail off. Uh, I want to say October, November-ish time rolled around, and I had already given my proposal, and uh, they went with us. And this this community again, I had sold my landscape company, and I still had that property, and I had that property for gosh, dozen years yeah. at least. And then I picked up all the communities around them because. My reputation, how I manage myself, what my crews look like. Again, this is something else in competition that's really, really important. And I'm going to go back to racing again. We we always did a really good job of keeping the race cars really clean and looking good because we always said, "Well, if we're not going to win, at least we look good." You know what I mean? And so when it came to when it came to the landscape company that I owned and Dawson Manufacturing that I currently own, you know, looking good is part of it. So if you're not necessarily winning or 
you know, you're not like say your landscape company's only doing eighty thousand, hundred thousand, five hundred thousand, and you want to be millions. You could always look good doing it. Yeah, you could always be give yourself a staple of some sort. Sure. So bring it all the way down to the basics. Shave your face, or if you're if you're a woman and you're in in the industry, you know, take care of your nails. Or if you do have a beard, at least keep it trimmed. Keep your beard trimmed. You know, keep your face whatever whatever you can do to to make yourself as presentable as possible is going to help you win. Yeah, and that's all part of the competition. When when okay again, go back to racing. Um, Roger Penske. If you've never heard of Penske, uh, you're living under a rock. But there's Penske trucks driving by the shop right now. I've literally seen them. Yeah, uh, the guy's worth billions and billions. He's like 90 years old. He just bought the IndyCar series a couple mm. years ago and the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Whoa! At 80, I think he bought it when he was 88 years old. Yeah. So <clears throat> his deal with all his people is press clothes, shaved faces, um, new everything. Everything is so ungodly clean and perfect that you you remove remove all the uh opportunities for mistakes any kind of excuses and that goes back to the competition competition doesn't mean just winning in order to win do you know what has to happen to win discipline discipline but like every single detail has to be right yep everything and if one thing's out of place you don't win if you swing a golf club and one of your little moves is off you're going to hit the ball wrong and you're going to lose that competition if you miss that one putt you're going to lose right if you play baseball. If you one batter strikes out, you're you done. Lose game. You lose a game. One interception in football. It literally takes one interception in football to lose the Super Bowl. It, it's it's happened multiple times. All the time. And so when when this, <laughs> I know you probably maybe you're having a hard time connecting the dots with this podcast, possibly, but I'm trying to to prove to you that every detail matters. They all matter. Take a look at my glasses, Kyle. Here, like everybody, can you hear this? Those are my glasses. So you notice the lenses are orange. Yep. Logos are orange, and the and the whole the set of glasses is are black. There's one the that frames. say Dawson or Carson on the. No, not these. No. these Did not, you lose those? No, I had to replace them. Oh. They got destroyed. So I used to have the our Dawson. The name Dawson was uh or or Carlson was lasered into my lenses before. But this is this is a prime example of my obsession over competition and getting the details right. I put these glasses together in this fashion with these colors uh, in 2021 when we showed up in Kentucky uh, at the Equip Expo. Back then it was the GIE show. This is a year after COVID. And we had gotten a brand new booth. It was huge. It's right in the main hall right next to the... Used to, to the, be. Well, yeah, used to be. It still is the main hall, but the entrance has moved, whatever. Um, but anyway, we're right next to Ditch Witch, John Deere, right? Uh, Kawasaki, Dodge, Ram Trucks, uh, all, all the big names, right? And when we walked on that showroom floor, in order for me to win, I believe that every detail matters. So even though you couldn't see my belt, my belt was new. My boots were – I bought boots even though I don't wear cowboy boots. I bought them because I felt like I could relate to our customers because a lot of them do wear them. Yeah. And so I wore nice blue jeans. They were new. I wore nice cowboy boots. These lenses were new. The orange on orange and black. Bless you. Oh, my Lord. Oh, there you go. Let her fly. Um, so – my point to all this is that when someone would come up and talk to me, every little detail about me was put together. Everything was color coordinated. Everything was um, matching. It was. It just felt correct. Yeah. And 
You want to know why we're doing so well? In oh, our, no. Our light, light went, went out. out. Oh, no. Is it plugged in? Oh, that's why. It's not plugged in. Um, so the the whole thing in competition is all a matter of crossing every T, dotting every I, and, uh, you know, this lamp that's sitting next to us in, in the studio here. I literally took the time to change the, the light bulb because I didn't like – the the bulb that it came with it had yeah. like LEDs that were just like straight down. It was a, it was almost too ba- overbearing when it came to like if we had a camera up. Sure, it was that, and it to me, this light now has like a like a candy cane twist. Yeah, if you will, like the red on a candy cane. It is. It's more nostalgic. It's more nostalgic. It 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 has more character. It draws your eyes to it. It feels a bit warmer. Um, it just doesn't feel so. I don't know, edgy. I don't know. It just feels better, yeah. right? And so all these little detail guys, they all matter. The way you sit, the way you talk, the words you use. I gave a great, great, great example on one of the coaching calls I just had the other night. It was uh, – I was telling the young man about um, do not use the word house. Yeah. I said when you're talking about someone's house, use the word home. Use the word It's like the estate um, or property. The thing you printed out the other day for emails versus mm-hmm. saying, you know – I. I apologize. Say thank you for your patience. Exactly. Things so like that. That was called email like a boss. Yeah. And um, even to this day, at almost forty years old, you know, I'm 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 printing these things out, trying to make myself better and trying to you know every word matters. How you structure a sentence, how you email, what time you email. Um, like I stopped putting thanks at the end of my email and I started putting cheers, not because I'm. I don't even know where that even comes from. I say cheers because it's it's I think not cheers a, is like Australian or something. They always say cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. I always thought I of hear Ireland. That a lot. I always thought really? of Ireland when I when I heard cheers. Yeah, they do drink. What whatever. <laughs> but I do it. Okay, so you just you just proved my point. The drinking thing, right? Typically, when when we're celebrating a win or we're celebrating life or doing something like that, a lot of people enjoy a drink, right? And that's fine. You know, of course too much is bad for you but i do the cheers thing because it, it relates things to coming together cheers yeah. in and and i want people to feel like that team mulchmate like i just wrote something this morning and i you know i said you know welcome to team mulchmate and it's that togetherness that 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 bonding right and so i put cheers nc so i don't make you you know read my entire name it's just my initials yeah. like, sorry about the plan guys apparently now we're hearing them in the microphones are we <laughs> I just heard it yeah. oh yeah we, we listen we're right at bwi um thurgood marshall airport so um it's gonna happen get over it sorry um but getting back to competition getting things right like even your email signature um below below my my cheers nc there is our logo there's our hyperlinks to uh, all our social medias our address our phone number like i leave no excuse for you not to be able to get in touch with me actually i'm actually thinking about changing that kyle i have learned that there is this new ai like live email signature really you can make like a video down there and so it, it like you can have your face which I highly recommend. I like putting my face in emails. I haven't done it to mine because I was trying to do brain awareness. It allows people to put face to a name. Yeah, and, and people really enjoy knowing what you look like when, to, to visualize yeah. who they're talking to. It's just that, that comfort thing, right? So it makes it more relatable and right. more homey. Right. So going back to competition, if you get all these little details right, your link tree is right, your social media is right, your email signature is right, how you 
you know how you word things is right you're ultimately going to win because the the end goal of competition is winning winning so which is on your knife it's on my knife it says win but which by the way thank you kyle we gotta get that thing sharpened i know please it's i've been with everything going on, I, I just haven't got around to it. I, I need, I'm gonna get I need it. my knife back. I I'm going to do it this weekend. Thing. It's already on my list. Kyle, i got to get rid of the plow and all that you fun stuff. You gave that to me three years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had it for a long time. Literally, the only reason I don't have it on me is because it's not sharp. Sam uses his every day. Yeah, it's great, and we love it, and thank you. Um, but, guys, if you want to win, embrace the competition. Embrace you know the challenges that you're going to be facing. It is imperative that you hold a good positive attitude throughout the entire, you know, challenging, uh, heavy-duty competition. There's that airplane. I can hear yep, it now. Yeah, now you hear it. There it is. Um, and it's it's absolutely going to serve you if you can embrace a competition and be comfortable being uncomfortable. I don't like it either, but it is reality of, of the situation, and it's going to help you flourish and win and absolutely um you know take you to the next level and keep in mind guys i always say there is no finish line now finish line is death and the next better version of you is right around the corner could be tomorrow could be in 10 minutes could could be be. now it could it could be a simple it's a decision and also you know just so you guys know there are times when i have to take a hiatus and go all right let all of what i just thought about learn implemented sink in just do it repetition 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 that becomes your new normal and then you can elevate again later so it's not always an uphill like stairs aren't straight up right there there's they're up every eight inches and it's flat eight inches and it's flat eight inches and it's flat those eight inches typically are that one percent every day you don't have to take the whole staircase every single day bite off you know what you can chew one push up one one push up one step you know don't ever overload yourself because you're going to get bogged down and then it's going to set you back and then you're going to start over and you're going to want to know why you're not further in life and the reason you're not further in life is because you either go too gung-ho too fast too soon you don't have a plan and you don't know how to manage your time so in competition realize that it's okay and you're going to love it after a certain amount of time and you're going to look back and you go that was that served me the best that was absolutely a a thing that taught me a lot and you're going to learn a lot and you're going to enjoy looking back and go that was awesome so guys with that said this is the end of our podcast i, think. I like it it was an awesome podcast thank you guys for joining us at life in the fast lane podcast don't forget to check out all the links down below uh to all our different social media platforms go check out the carlson coaching program uh sign up right there you can choose a time slot and i'll be more than happy to jump online uh or jump on the phone with you and go through anything and everything you want to go through it can be personal it can be business it could be all, all kinds of stuff hey you know i'm thinking about this one job what do you think about that what, whatever i'm i'm a wealth of knowledge and have tons and tons and tons and tons of experience that i'm willing to offer you guys and the email has changed we are now hey fastlane at gmail.com hey fastlane so that's where you can send us all your questions comments um and don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel where i'm literally i was blog, uh, vlogging this morning and we're right now sitting at a hyperlapse of this this vlog so we're going to pop that in there as well Guys, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you on the next one. Oh, yeah. We'll catch you later. Mulch mate.